Has this podcast helped you in your recovery or healing journey as you pursue wholeness in Christ? Have you gained insights into yourself or developed better skills for building healthy relationships? If so, would you consider partnering financially through a generous year-end gift? Your financial support allows this program to be broadcast to thousands of individuals in over a hundred countries each week. By God's grace, the good news of hope and healing is spreading across the globe. To make your year-end contribution or become a monthly partner, visit BeBroken.org donate. That's BeBroken.org donate. Or call 210-822-8201. Thank you for your partnership. We truly are better together. Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio Program. You know, everyone listening to this podcast right now was once a child. Childhood is unavoidable on the journey to adulthood, but you know, none of us go through our childhoods unscathed. And some of the residue of that continues to affect us even now as adults. So today we have back with us Dr. Eddie Caparucci to talk about his inner child therapy model and a new resource that he's co-authored for women who struggle with love and sex addiction. Eddie's model is based on the premise that we all have core emotional triggers that impact our inner child based on past wounds. And in order for us to heal and mature, we must address these triggers by understanding our inner child and not simply ignoring our past. In our conversation, Eddie defines the inner child model and highlights the 10 specific inner children, so to speak, for women to understand in order to heal and recover from love and sex addiction. To learn more about Eddie and the inner child model, visit AbundantLifeCounselingGA.com. That's AbundantLifeCounselingGA, GA for Georgia, dot com. For even more resources, visit BeBroken.org or check out links in today's show notes. And as always, friends, please rate and review the podcast after listening to help others find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken, and we exist to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now, let's dive into today's healing conversation. Well, all right, Dr. Eddie Caparucci, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Jonathan. It's always great to be here. Love chatting with you. Never know what's going to come up or what we're going to say. And Yeah. Well, I'm especially excited about this conversation because I feel like, you know, over the last five or six years, um, the work that you've been doing, especially on this inner child model that we'll talk about in a second, I feel like it just it sort of just keeps expanding and morphing into new resources. And and today, especially, we're going to talk about a resource that you have uh, co-authored for women in this space. But first of all, um, it was about three and a half years ago we had you on to talk about um, the the first book that you launched in this space, which was Going Deeper, really for men and and this idea of understanding how does your inner child impact your sexual addiction. Right. Can you share with us a little bit about the the launch of that and then what has happened between then and now regarding this whole inner child model? Yeah, Jonathan, you know, when I created this inner child, I never realized I created this little monster that just get taken off. And, and, and it's a great thing. It, it, it's, um, I cannot be more happy with what the reception for all of it has been. Um, when, you know, again, came out in 2018. And at the time, it was, again, that it's a trauma model. 
So what we're doing is, because I have certain beliefs, which I believe you do, do too, about trauma and about addiction. And for me, it's the idea that, you know what, that anxiety that we deal with or don't deal with, unfortunately, what it does is we allow it to manifest, which now leads to a higher rate of being compulsive and a higher rate of compulsiveness going to lead us to making more and more bad decisions. So the inner child model was designed to say, let's slow down on just running and operating our lives on raw emotions and let's move to more rational thinking. And we do that by understanding what are core emotional triggers that impact our inner child based on past wounds. So that was the whole concept for it originally. Yeah, and and so uh, your first work was specifically to men, and, and why was that? Yeah, because that was the group that I worked with. I, I feel that, again, I don't know, call me old-fashioned, whatever you want. Um, I just feel that it's really not appropriate for you know a male therapist, a male coach who has gone through, you know, trouble with sex addiction to be counseling or coaching to women who are struggling with that disorder. So for me, I, I look at it, I say, you know what, don't put yourself in temptation. Don't put yourself in those types of spots. Do I think I can control myself? Yes, I do. However, why take, why put it to chance? Plus, we're also dealing with a woman who is struggling too and having that male in front of her. So therefore, to answer your question, I just started working with men in that field. So that's what all my data was. So that's why the original book was about men and their struggles. Let's let's unpack a little bit more of the inner child model for those who maybe this is the first time they've heard of that. Uh, and then we'll get into specifically what you started doing to try to then address the female side of this. So you know, sometimes when people, you know, I remember when, you know, you first came out with this and, and we were sort of introducing some of that language. And we've been doing this for a long time in our Gateway to Freedom three-day mm-hmm. intensives where, hey, we go back into the little boy. We go back into the history. We go back into talking about that childhood. And so many times when you have just that phrase, inner child, guys especially would just sort of balk at that and be like, whoa, wait a second, man, this sounds... This is starting to sound a little bit loopy or kind of, man, where are you taking us on this? So help unpack that so people can understand what you actually mean when you talk about inner child. Our inner, the inner child is a metaphor. Okay. That's all it does. And the reason, let, let me take one step back. When I first started getting all the research for this, with my work with men, what I originally came up with, Jonathan, was the nine reasons why men abuse sex. Okay, that's what we had. We had nine different rationales here. And then as I sat and I was thinking more about what is the that major hurdle that most men face that prevents them from being able to do the work they do, and that's shame. So what I decided to do was, you know what? Let me externalize the addiction, which others have done in the past too. But what I did was I took that, the 
um, externalization, and I made that the inner child. So now a, a, a man would come into the uh, counseling session and say, this is what has been a part, a big part of the problem. You have a part of you that is just filled with all of the unresolved childhood pain points. More importantly, all these negative narratives. And even more important than that, all these coping strategies that don't work very effectively in your life today. So we need to get rid of those. So when guys started looking at the kid and they're saying, you know what? I can fix him. I can fix that kid. And that that's where we began. That was the process behind all of that. Yeah. So walk us through then maybe some of the, the differences then between what you uh, came up with for men and then how did you start to uh, explore, well, what would this be like if we created a resource for women? First of all, how did that come about? Well, it came about because even almost from the very beginning, um, after the book was launched, one of the things I heard over and over and over again was, where's the book for women? You know, there, there are very few resources out there that help women who are struggling with sex, love, and porn addiction. And as I explained to people, you know, what? I again, I don't have the data. And so therefore, I don't know if the kids match up exactly for women. And I don't want to put something out there that I'm just making something up that, you know, in my eyes, unethical to do that. So what I did, though, at some point, because the demand started becoming so intense with people reaching out to me, um, I said, you know what, let me go and do some research to find maybe perhaps a couple of women who work in that field, work with the women who are struggling here, and see if we, if they would be interested in taking the inner model, the inner child model, and putting it in their practices. And that's what we did. That's what I did. So I found two um, women who have co-wrote this book with me, and we have put together again the list of children, and we have 10 that are there. And I can share with you when you, if you would like, you know, how are they perhaps different from mm -hmm. children that are in, with the men? Yeah. So then, uh, uh, so I guess the, the research part is you had these two women start to use the inner child model in their counseling. And then from that, you, you kind of got your data for, for the book. Yeah. Well, and they also had, data because some, um, one of them was using the model already. Okay. She's had that kind of experience and seen that. Um, they also have done a lot of other trauma work in their practice over the years too. So let's, yeah, let's kind of go through for the, the women who are listening, who are curious and who are saying, hey, you know, I have a struggle with either pornography or sex or love addiction or whatever. And I'm, I'm looking for all the tools and the resources that I can get what are, you know, who are these 10 kids? Like, like start to try to help me understand down to sort of the practical level. How does this apply? Can you give us some examples of who these inner children are and how then a person struggling, a woman struggling with these issues would then begin to understand how to use this model? Right. Well, we came up with a total of 10 
inner children. Again, looking back at what are those pain points that most women are bringing up when they come into a counseling session or a coaching session. Um, And what we found with one of a a very high percentage is the early sexually stimulated or sexually abused child. Okay. So therefore exposed at either a very early age to maybe pornography or seeing their parents engage in sex or maybe older siblings or that they themselves have suffered from some sort of sexual abuse. So that was the, that was the first child. The second one is the enmeshed child. We've seen a lot of wounds in that area where a, a woman, again, doesn't get an opportunity to be able to create their own identity because they're too busy trying to take, take care of what are the needs, the emotional needs of family members. The third is the need for control child grew up in a very hectic type of environment and came to the realization that, oh, if I can control things, if I can control my environment, then that means I won't deal with the consequences that come with it. But the problem is you can't control everything. And those times when you cannot control something, your anxiety level goes off the chart therefore raising that compulsiveness and therefore then making bad decisions. Um, The unaffirmed child, they grew up, there's a woman who grew up with not a whole lot of affirmation or perhaps a lot of constant criticism. And in some cases, Jonathan, they got a lot of affirmation because of maybe their appearance, athletic ability, academic ability, But then as they get into middle school and high school, one, their peers catch up and sometimes surpass them on the academic or the athletic front. So they're not getting the accolade that they have seen for years or perhaps their appearance as they get older. You know, we become those, you know, what, awkward, you know, teenagers. So therefore, and now they're like, they want that limelight back. And they will sometimes do anything to be able to be noticed. So th- those are some to start with. Do you want me to take a break here? You want me to keep going? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because I'd love to then at least uh, outline briefly all the other children as well. But yeah. um, so right. as, as a woman's listening to this and maybe she's going, oh, I can I can connect with that. Talk about how understanding sort of which of these children really inner child really connects with her um where does the she then go with that like what's next after she goes okay so let's take from for instance the enmeshment and going my goodness you just described how i feel on the inside all the time right. so eddie what do i do with that <laughs> how is that supposed to instruct me right it's great to okay i got this kid all right but that kid alone does not help to serve you in being able to resolve your issues. The next step that we take is we have to understand what triggers that child. What are the core emotional triggers that activate the kid? And when the kid gets activated because of the negative event that happened today, 
he runs in or she runs into that storage unit and pulls something out to say, we felt this before. It sucked then. It's going to suck now. I don't want to deal with it. Let's run away. Mm -hmm. They're doing the same coping strategy they've done ever since they were young when they came up with the idea like, I can't sit with emotional distress. Nobody's ever shown me how to do it. So I'm not going to think about it. And how do I do that? Too much food, too much sugar, you know, too much maybe fantasy in your own head, too much television, whatever it may be. So it's the same thing. So here I need to understand what activates that child from an emotional standpoint. And when we get done with the process, most people have anywhere between six and eight core emotional triggers. So therefore they memorize these an event happens immediately. Like do any of my triggers match up with this event? If not, great. Your kid's not going to get activated. Handle it the way you have to. If it does, okay, you've got to put out those yellow caution flags because the kid is going to start pulling other things into this moment, okay, past experiences, and that is going to take your anxiety and continue to escalate it to a point when that compulsiveness now kicks in and here we go down the path of bad decision-making. Mm-hmm. That's good. So let's continue on with some of okay. the other inner children. Yep, absolutely. So then we have the uh, next one, the board child. Grew up in an environment where there wasn't a whole lot of stimulation or excitement. You know, you ever, you know, it's like when it's kind of like a dead house. People live there, but they're not living. They're existing. There's no real relationship between siblings along the way. And the kid's very bored. Doesn't have a whole lot of friends. She doesn't have those friends. So therefore, you know, she's looking to be able to have some sort of something that is very exciting. And that now becomes their coping strategy. Anytime I have any kind of quiet moment, it's like, no, no, I need something else. And now we start to run. The unnoticed child, the unnoticed child always felt very forgotten. It felt abandoned. This is, this is the little girl who had to go and chase friends. Okay. The kid, kid didn't come knocking on her door. She wasn't invited to the parties, you know, that she had to chase them. And with that comes the negative narrative of what's wrong with me. What is wrong with me that they will not accept me? So now as an adult, something occurs that makes her feel, let's say a bunch of people from work, you know, decide to go out to lunch and somebody doesn't invite her. That's going to cause her inner child to start to run amok. And he, he she's going to run into the, you know, uh, storage unit and pull out several events of when it happened in the past. We felt it. We felt this. And now her anxiety continues to escalate. She thinks it's about the fact that they all just didn't go to lunch. But you know what it's like. You sit there and you ruminate and you ruminate. And now we're just putting ourselves more at risk of doing something that we're going to later regret. The stressed child, again, 
They're raised also in an environment that had a lot of anxiety, but they don't, unlike the unnoticed child, they're not going to try to control everything. See, what they're going to do with their stress is they're going to run away from it. And what they've also done in many cases is they've learned to repress that stress. So they don't even really feel that they have it. I can't tell you how many clients I've dealt with to say, hey, you know what? I think we need to look at about your anxiety. Anxiety? What anxiety? I, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And then all you have to do is ask them, say, you know what? Let's just sit for five minutes and do nothing. And then you can just see what goes That will up. trigger the inner child, right? Because they'll be like, wait a second, I'm yeah. stressed now because it's silent and yeah, still. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, those kids that I just ran through with you right there, those seven, those are also children that we identify with, with men. These are pain points. Each child represents a pain point that we could have suffered when we were younger. Now, there are three more. These are all different. These were different than the men. Uh, one is the disempowered child, okay? And there, they're disempowered because they are female or maybe there's another minority. So they're, they're female and they're black, they're female and they're Asian, you know, what, whatever it may be, but it leads them to feel the sense of being disempowered. Um, Others, the next one is the exploited child. Here, this is the little girl who grew up in an environment where they were used, where they felt very powerless. Okay, they may not have been sexually abused at all, but they felt powerless, and therefore people took advantage of them. And again, would, would an example like, would an what? example of this be like the the overbearing? A uh, mom who is trying to live vicariously through her daughter at like beauty pageants type of a thing. Yes, exactly, okay. exactly. Good. You, you must have read some of the book. I don't. Well, as soon as you said exploited, I thought, yeah, the idea of just sort of puppeteering your child, your your daughter, in a way that says, "I'm, I'm going to put you into these environments because I want to use you for my own gain rather than right, like." Right. And actually, that kid is depicted as a marionette. When we look at the characteristics, when we look at the uh, characters that were created for this. And then the final child, again, and, and you know you wouldn't find this in the, in the male category, is the fragile child. Um, and so they're really very confused by the messages they get. Like at some point they're being told that, oh, we, we adore you, you're incredible and they coddle them and then they're pushed aside and then somebody grabs onto them again and brings them in and and it creates this first and foremost developing an attachment disorder we're going to have and most likely it's going to be ambivalent where they will be reaching out to try to get people to engage with them when those people get too close they panic and say oh my gosh you're going to look and see how dirty I am inside and push them away. So that's, that's the, uh, the last child that we have. Yeah, those are so good. And I'm sure as, as you've been going through the, these, a lot of the women that are listening, they're having, you know, some connections that are being made here, but 
the question I have that's a little bit sort of kind of a little bit overview question is, one, why is this work so important to the recovery process in dealing with a sex or love or porn addiction for a woman? And and kind of connected to that question is, what is the real target? What's the real aim of this work? Like, what, where is this leading to? Let me let me go there first. Okay, the the aim for this is to be able to take more control over your life. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of self self reflection that takes place with this program because we are looking to answer the question: Why do I think, feel, and do what I do? Because I believe if you understand that, you have the answer to that question, you are very empowered to make some substantial changes in your life. And I give you just a quick little overview of, of me and what happened. Again, you know my story. My father died when suddenly when I was five. My mother had a nervous breakdown. I get shipped out to these relatives who I don't know. Wake up one morning, I'm in a house. I don't know where I am. Nobody and nobody's talking to me. This is the big problem. This is a huge problem we have. Nobody is telling me, oh, let's talk about what's happening. That mommy's sick and your father, you know, whatever way they would explain it. And you're gonna need to stay here. Instead, it was just like, well, they're they're too busy right now, and you're gonna stay here for a while. That went on for like a year. So I'm left in the dark. So what do I come up with? I come up with the idea that, oh, you know what? The people who love you will leave you. The people who love you are not dependable. So now let's fast forward. And I've gone through, you know, I'm in my late 30s, still messing around and womanizing. And I go to get help, said I can't do this anymore. And what do I find out? I'm told I have an attachment disorder, which I didn't even know what attachment disorder is. And they go, and she said, you're an avoidant. I go, okay, still, I'm in the dark, lady. Help me. So you have one foot in and one foot out of every relationship. I'm like, wow, okay. Why is that? Because your father died and your mother had to give you away. And, and, and now the rational part of me is like, wait a second. No, 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 no. He died and my mother got sick. Nobody gave me away. She goes, to the five-year-old, you were given away. And it goes back to um, Gabriel Mate, right? Who he, he wrote in his book, I don't know if you had a chance to read, his new book, The Myth of Normal. It's an amazing definition of what trauma is. And, you know, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase. Trauma is not the event that happened. Trauma is what you make of the event. And what's so interesting, Jonathan, when he put in the, he put in his own little story in two lines. So therefore trauma was not that my mother gave me away to strangers, okay, which is exactly what it is here. Trauma was what I made that to mean, which is I'm not lovable. So what we're trying to do ultimately to answer your question and kind of a long answer for people is to allow them to see light, see life through the lens of truth. 
and not through raw emotion, raw, unfiltered emotion. Instead, we want to use very um, rational thinking and we want to bring God into the equation. Because all these negative narratives that we tell ourselves, that is not the way God sees us. So we have to put it to truth. And once you have that, and you now see yourself accurately, and you stop looking behind you at the at the wreckage that you caused, instead keep looking forward to where you're going, again, you are empowered. So to to provide a little bit of hope here, because I know that for, for many who are listening, all of a sudden it feels like, my goodness, this could be overwhelming, this could be huge. Also, the way sometimes they might even view that inner child that gets triggered is somehow like, okay, that is bad. Like making a moral judgment about that inner child. Can you talk about a little bit about how actually understanding your inner child is a benefit? It's a help to you. Oh, and actually see that inner child as somebody that's helping you heal and helping you grow. And not even more than that, Jonathan, is as you go through this process, you start seeing other people's inner children as they start to get flustered about things, okay? But but you're right. It does seem to be very overwhelming, seems to be almost too much to handle. That is why instead of doing something like, you know, internal family system, which is a great, great, you know, approach, but... We have to sit there and we have to figure out, okay, all these parts, all right, of our firefighters and we have our exiles and, you know, and, and the managers and, and who's doing the protecting and who is the one fighting. And, and what I did was here are 12 emotional pain points. Which one make you say, ouch, the later, the hardest or the loudest? And that's what they do. And they pick through those. And then once they have those, now it's like, okay, let's look and see how these pain points are still haunting you today. And, but they're not accurate because they're being seen through the eyes of a child and not let's, the eyes of an adult. And let's tap into that just for a little bit, because that was huge in my own understanding and my own addiction recovery is... When I first started my recovery, I didn't want to have anything to do with going into my past. I'm like, I'm trying to get away from it. I want to go as far forward as I can. And I'm sure there's a lot of ladies that are listening to this and saying, okay, great. You made this inner child model applicable to to women. I don't know if I want to go back there. But one of the things that made the difference for me that you just touched on, and I want you to say a little bit more about it, is how important it is to understand the perspective that you had when the wound hit or when the shame hit, it was the perspective at five years old, at seven years old, at 12 years. Can you talk about how, why that's so important as somebody's working through this inner child model? Yeah, because that is what you're holding on to. Whatever the perspective was of that age that you were at, when you were in the, when you were in the trenches of that trauma or neglect, right? Those emotions that you felt, again, raw, negative, fearful emotions. What have we done a really good job? A lot of us, not everybody, 
But what have we done a really good job of doing with many of those? Casting them out. I'm not thinking about it. I, I don't know. I don't even want to go back to look at all, all that pain. The problem is if we don't go back and address it and address it from the eyes of the age you were at, you are still going to be haunted with that thing until the day of judgment day. And there's no reason to be there. There, there's a there's an opportunity for you to make peace with yourself. And that's what we're trying to talk about here. Make peace with yourself and at the same time, make peace with God. Because there are so many people who are struggling with God because of all the things that happened to them when they were younger. And we need, and with that, with that sense of peace comes a new way of living. Yeah. So as we kind of start to land the plane here, um, uh, I, I want you to share what are some of the most common obstacles maybe that that women who start to engage this model might run up against and how can they maybe continue to press through them? Yeah. Well, the the one is going to be the same one that men have, and that's shame. Okay. There's no doubt. When you start going back, you're going to, you're going to experience it. But again, what we do with the model is try to walk you through slowly and help you cope with that strength, with that shame that you have. But also to understand that, you know what? That was the old. That was the old. And what we're doing is we're working to bring in the new. The new you, the new creation that, that you could understand you are a princess of the king. And he doesn't want you covered with that shame. So we are going to take that away from you and move. So shame, shame is the, the, the one of the biggest ones. The other thing that uh, women are going to probably struggle with, actually tell you the truth. I think women are going to do a lot better with this than men do. Okay, because men are the ones who are like, hey, so tell me about your childhood. Oh, it was great. It was nothing wrong. Everything was really good. And they're talking about their parents in the way of doing. They did stuff. But when it came to the emotional aspect of it, there was nothing there. It was dry. Large majority of the women that I believe are going to go through the program they are going to be keen to diving in. Now, once they get in there, then that becomes a little bit more of a different story. And that's why clinicians need to be able to be trained in trauma because we don't want to push people where they're not ready to go. So you may need to stick with somebody and sit here with them for a couple months dealing with this one issue. You may have to take a step backwards to do it. It doesn't matter. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And and that self-reflection, remember what go back to what I said in the beginning. The base for this model is self-reflection. Why do I think, feel, and do what I do? So we're going beyond just, oh, I'm involved with, you know, sex, porn, or romance is totally out of control. We're also dealing with anger. Um, your your fears, your withdrawing, your overeating. You know, I mean, there's many things we can talk about here mm-hmm. that all are factors of the same root. 
but we want to go in and pull out the root. Yeah. Well, Eddie, this has been fantastic. Where can um, our listeners go to learn more about this and 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 get the uh, the new book? Yeah, the new book will be is out. It's on Amazon. Um, it is entitled "Going Deeper for Women: How the Inner Child Impacts Your Love and Sex Addiction." So again, it's exclusively at Amazon. They can just go there and do a Google search. And they can find it. And there's also a workbook that goes with it too. So therefore they can go deeper because again, we're looking for self-reflection. That's awesome. Well, we are, uh, we're excited to be able to point people there and thank you for doing this work and, and thanks for being willing to step into this, uh, this space and be a voice. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Can I share one other little quick thing? Yeah, absolutely. My wife and I, and we've never co-written a book before, but we are going to do that. We've already started that process. We are writing a book about inner child work for the betrayed spouse Mm. to help them better understand what is it from your past that may be impeding your ability to heal today. Mm. There are lots of problems there. We've all seen them. Yeah, which is really good because, you know, there's there's one aspect of that healing that is focused on the betrayal from their husband, right? Yes. But you're saying there's a whole other lane on the wounds and the shame from their own history. And sometimes those things can get so sort of either either conflated they, or they can get confused in terms of how they, they melt, Right. They melt together. Yeah. And then you take the problem and it's like this now. Versus both to be this. And that's why... You know, a good therapist working with women who are betrayed, they're pulling those two worlds apart. Yeah. They say, okay, look, we can't, we, we, this is what you deal with with him when you're, when you are trying to figure out and sort through, how am I going to deal with this? These are his sins. We do not need to get him to pay for the sins of others. Yeah, yeah. Right? But you also have to work through that stuff on your own too, because it will come in. Mm-hmm. Well, I look forward to when you guys get that done. We'll have to have you back on when uh, when you get that book done. So yeah, we're hoping in the spring that'll be out. So that'd be great. Well, uh, listeners, we're so glad you've been with us. And you know, as as Eddie's been talking about this inner child model and work, you know, one of the things that I want um, uh, you ladies that have been listening to hear, I just keep hearing the words of Jesus ringing, saying, "Let the little children come to me." Mm-hmm. And I think that's even the broken little inner child. That is saying, hey, I'm 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 enmeshed, or I'm been abused, or exploited, or just all these other things. And he's saying, come on, come on, you can you can come to me. So we're going to put all these various links to the book and other resources that are going to help you in the show notes. And we're always glad that you've been with us, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.